You're tuning in to the Raised by Rentals program. This podcast will contain strong language and spoilers for decades-old media properties. Welcome, everybody. This is the podcast where we examine pop culture franchises of the VHS era and improv new stories straight off the dome to imagine how we might improve our favorite movies, TV, and games. I'm Josh. I'm Mike. And we were raised by rentals. Mike, I watched a movie, and I know that you did too because this is a (laughs) staged setup. But (laughs) (laughs) Indeed. (laughs) But I watched a movie today and a little bit yesterday that I thought for sure, hey, we're going to watch this movie and then we're going to like make it better. We're going to say, hey, that was cool, but, you know, kind of shitty and low budget and dumb. And like, what if we had some money? We could do it over again. And because it's a beloved property of kids our age and really anybody who, you know, lived through the 80s and 90s. And it's one of those movies that I think people of our generation always thought was like kind of a shame. Like it could have been so much better and it's a real missed opportunity. So I thought this would be a great episode because we would have the opportunity to like say, Hey, look, this is how you could have made it so much better with like some simple changes. And yet I watched the movie and I realized I don't want them to change it because this movie is actually really fucking good. And I don't know what the hell I was thinking about when I was 13. Yep. I'm right there with you. (laughs) Um, yeah, this is this is an example of one of those movies that I feel like it was ahead of its time. Um, people just did not appreciate it at the time, and and I feel like it's found its footing, but uh, it's I I think it's still underappreciated. Yeah, I think they think the cast is great, and like it really hits the demographic that it was going for. But in a way that at the time, maybe people just weren't expecting. But the point is that the Super Mario Brothers movie from 1993 (laughs) is definitely worth checking out or rewatching, revisiting. If, you know, you listeners out there haven't seen it or seen it in a long time. I'm not kidding. This is actually a genuinely good movie. And I had a blast watching it again. I did as well. Now, this is one of those movies I remember seeing in the theater when it came out. Um it was one of those very odd experiences because picture, if you will, if you're a young listener, going to the movies in the 90s when really all we had to go on were a handful of images that we saw on Nintendo Power and the occasional television run ad for the trailer. So it's not like nowadays where you can find out all the information you want online about a film. Yeah, you got nothing. So I Mm. went in fairly blind. And I didn't know what to take away other than that the Goombas scared the shit out of me when I was 13. Um, I thought that they were terrifying <laughs> looking. <laughs> so, that was really my only takeaway was those things are fucking nightmare fuel. Um, but overall, I was kind of like, eh, I didn't know what I watched. And that was kind of my feeling after seeing that film in the theater. Like I saw it a few times on VHS and I never quite I didn't hate it, but I also didn't quite get it watching it as an adult. It's a really fun ride. Like, I really enjoy what's there. Yeah, there's some really dumb moments. And oh, my God, I forget her name. But the one chick that gets kidnapped along with all the other Brooklyn girls 
Uh, well, there's two. There's the one who is just constantly smoking. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. she, she has like a cigarette permanently attached to her hand, even during the chase scene, which is hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then you have uh, the the friend of the of Mario's girlfriend, who is just like every Italian stereotype rolled into one. Because. <laughs> She's like, you know, when they point out that Mario's there, she's like, hey, Mario, what's going on, you fucking Goomba? Like, it's just like, what the hell? Yeah. Right. I think I think she's literally just credited as like Brooklyn girl, although there was one called Angelica, too. And I swear they called one of them Sophia at some point. But I don't know, like <laughs> the 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 cast uh, listing isn't like that specific about him. But, yeah, I, that was actually a really fun part of the movie. I got to say, like, again, you wouldn't expect that. It wasn't even something that I even remember was in the movie. But, yeah, like there's this whole like subplot of uh, somebody like kidnapping girls from Brooklyn. And then when you find him, it's this hilarious little like uh, cast of probably like day players and improv actors and shit. And they just go in there and like ham it up, chew the screen and it's corny as fuck, but like funny, it's hilarious for like what it is. Like it was supposed to be goofy and like over the top. And it's the scene where we get Mario actually going down a pipe. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. It's kind of crazy how much they actually worked into the film from the games. Cause let's be honest, there's no story in the game. (laughs) <laughs> Not really, no. At, it's just damsel in distress, monster to fight. That's about it. Right. At, at this point in the in the Super Mario Brothers lore, quote unquote, there's there's what the the most exciting thing we have is from Mario Brothers three, where like Bowser has a bunch of kids with some who the hell knows who their mama is. Like, <laughs> right. You know, there's there's a lot of like nonsense. It's a platformer. There weren't stories for these games back then. So they had to do something with it. And, and the fact that they were able to work in so many crazy things like the the crazy jumping. OK, how do we do that? Well, we have like weird cyber boots called stompers. And how do they move? Well, they're loaded with bullet bills. <laughs> like, <laughs> kind of cool. It's so um, cool. Yeah. The fact that uh, there was the, the company was called Womp or Thwomp. <laughs> it's like, yeah. That's kind of cool. Um, you know, the, the fireball launchers, like instead of having the fire flower, you have these like napalm guns. Like, <laughs> yeah. There was a lot of cool stuff that they were able to work into the film. Um, then there was some stuff that didn't quite work. Like the fact that Mario and Luigi had their weird little hand wiggle thing where they went glug, 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 and made the sound of going down a pipe. Like that was <laughs> a little bit stupid. Uh, <laughs> the, the, the Goombas and the Koopas were, were strange. Uh, like I said, they really scared the shit out of me as a kid. I love the designs now, but as a kid, I'm like, I don't get why they're like pinheaded brutes. That's freaky. <laughs> yeah, but, I agree. I actually hated the design of the Goombas when I was a kid. I thought it was one of the worst parts of the movie. But yeah, now I, I totally get it. Like I, 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 I understand what they were going for. It was they found a way to take these characters that from the games are like these very tiny, easy to defeat characters, but they're supposed to be like the like the stormtroopers, the shock troops, you know, they're, right. they're the, they're the army, you know, uh, the army troops. So like, how, but how, if you can just step on them, I mean, how is that in any way, you know, threatening or dangerous? And so I thought it was interesting that they just kind of took that character and just stuck it on top of another giant character, you know, because <laughs> right. it's, it's basically, they were just like Goomba heads on top of like, you know, giant like bodies that looked like, you know, like, you know, th- three dwarves stacked up in a, in a trench coat, you know? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> 
Um, oh, man. But yeah, there were so many good things about the movie when I was a kid and I saw it in the theater with my brother. You know, I knew Bob Hoskins from you know, Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Maybe I didn't know his name, you know. Um, and uh, I would have recognized Dennis Hopper. Maybe I didn't know who he was. I would have definitely recognized Fisher Stevens. Again, I couldn't tell, have told you what his name was at the time. I definitely right. would have re- would have recognized Richard Edson. So, like there were so many guys in the movie or people that I would have known. They were sort of like either stars or, or you know, character actors from other movies. I, I don't know that I would have known who John Leguizamo is at that time. I feel like this was probably one of his like first, you know, big movies. But then he had a bunch of stuff like right after this where, you know, like yeah. smaller roles, but like stuff where he started to blow up. Um, he's actually always been one of my one of my favorite like character actors. Um, oh yeah, same, same. Yeah, yeah, he's really really good. But yeah, so there's so many good things about the movie, but I think the problem is. You know, everybody was expecting if you were going to make the Super Mario Brothers movie, a movie out of like the biggest video game of all time, and that the expectations were so high, right, for it yeah. to be something really exciting and, and adventurous. Doing a cartoon probably would have made more sense, like an animated film. So doing it with live action was like, okay, that's a little weird. But like, you know, Bob Hoskins and John Leguizamo look like Mario and Luigi. So you're off to a good start. And like you said, we didn't have the internet we couldn't watch the trailer over and over again hell the people making the movie couldn't even get like feedback in real time because we you right. know and we were again like you said we were reading it in a fucking magazine you know a print magazine <laughs> right and, like people do people even know what those are anymore um <laughs> And so I think the problem is everyone went into it with huge expectations that it was going to be a movie to match the enormous uh, appeal of the games. And because it wasn't what people expected, the reaction was to just shit on it. Because, yeah, yeah, it is kind of corny. Yes, they did change a lot of stuff. And you know that people fucking hate when movies aren't like faithful adaptations of something that they're based on, like a book. And people get real fucking pedantic when you, you know, change a... <laughs> change a character's, you know, race or skin color or fuck it. They don't even like have their superhero costume in the right color. And, you know, all the nerds go on the internet and fucking troll everybody. And I'm um, actually Hawkeye wears purple, you know, whatever the fuck. And, <laughs> <you know? laughs> oh, it's sad. Cause it's true. <laughs> exactly. And I think that that, that even happened at the time. And I know I came away with the movie thinking that I had a good time watching it, but I was just scratching my head about like, why did they change so much? Not like, yeah. Why did they change some things? Because, yeah, you have you have to even at 13 and you have to change some things to adapt it to the screen like you can't unless you make an animated film. You can't just have it be the same thing. But there were so many things that they changed that I just I didn't understand. Why would they do that? Like, what was the thought process in the in the script writing? You know, that's the thing that really bugged me all these years. But I watch it now and I realize, dude, this is just like a fun romp. And I think right. they made the choice to do like a genre m- mix up, right? Which re- listeners of our show know that we like to do, <laughs> you know, you, yep. you take something and you kind of cast it in a different genre. And they decided to go with this sort of weird, like sci-fi angle on the story, probably because they felt it was, it was the best way to take this strange dream world fantasy, you know, story and do something, you know, with real life people. So you go sci-fi and maybe they leaned a little bit too hard into like the dystopian, you know, science fiction. <laughs> but again, seeing it now for what it is, they really pulled off something fun for the demographic. They made a kids movie that is super successful. It's got, you know, interesting characters, a good cast, the story that does make sense again for a kids movie, you know, it's right. got some 
interesting twists. It's got some cool action sequences. Like, I really think it's a really successful movie, again, for what it is. Like, as an adult, like, yeah, this isn't for me. But then again, like, neither is, like, like you had mentioned off off, off air, like the Sonic the Hedgehog movie, which I have right. no, no interest ever in watching. But, you know, I've seen things like Shark Boy and Lava Girl and whatever, you know, other types of movies, that live action movies that people make for, for kids. And, like, yeah, seeing them as an adult and all I want to do is just gag at how corny this is. But, like, I'm not the demographic. Right. So, so one of the things I wanted to mention about this movie is, realistically, it was the first uh, video game movie, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I do I do believe this was the first one followed closely by Double Dragon. I'll, I'll have to quickly look it up to see if I'm correct. Uh, yeah. Okay, so May 28th, 1993, Super Mario Brothers. That's the first one listed on this list. Double Dragon is, is 94, then Street Fighter, ooh, which we covered. Um, I feel <laughs> like we, I mean, because it was the first of its kind, like we didn't know how to adapt a, a, a video game. Just like with, with the, the early comic book movies, like we weren't really sure how to properly adapt a comic book. Um, so you have some hits and some misses. But I feel like Mortal Kombat was the first video game movie that kind of got it right. Like, it at least followed the story of the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it made a lot of changes, and it hasn't gotten it right since. <laughs> but it at least followed somewhat close to the games. And then we didn't get another video game movie that kind of followed the story of the game until Silent Hill in t- 2006. Oh, gosh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you you figure we had stuff like Wing Commander, uh, the the first Tomb Raider movies, which they weren't bad, but they really didn't follow the story of the games. No. Um, Resident I, Evil, again, I love the first Resident Evil movie, but it is not Resident Evil. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is a good movie for sure for what it is, but yeah, definitely that's one of those weird movies where it was like just call it something else, like right. you know, people would have liked it a lot better if they hadn't called it. I mean. Obviously, they were, they had started with the name and then made a movie of their own, but like, exactly. you know, people would have liked it better if they had just been like put a different title on it. But see, and then in some cases, now you you have some uh, video game films because it's still video games are still a hit and miss with films. You have some movies where they give the viewer exactly what they ask for, like, well, they should have followed the game, meh, 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 meh. and they give them exactly what they ask for. And then the viewing audience as a whole hates it. And <laughs> yeah, I mean, perfect example of that is freaking um, Resident Evil. Welcome to Raccoon City. Now, I personally love that movie. I think it was fan fucking tastic. Like it is exactly what I was hoping for. They follow enough of the storylines from part one and two and merge it together successfully while doing their own thing with it, where I'm hoping that we get a sequel. But the movie going audience thought there was too much from the games and not enough other stuff. It's <laughs> like, so wait, you're bitching that the original Resident Evil franchise didn't follow the games. So now they give us one that follows the games and you're like, ah, I don't like that either. <laughs> so, yeah, you can never please these fucks. It's just like these stupid, you know, MCU fans who bitch that things aren't the same as they are in the comics. But then exactly. I, gar- I guarantee you, if you were to just go back to the comics in the 60s and just start filming the shit scene for scene for scene, the very next complaint you would get is these movies are too damn long. You know, it's like, yeah, we know they're fucking long because it's <laughs> they Marvel Comics has been putting out fucking superheroes like 
technically since the 40s, but like at a clip since 1961, bro. Like mm-hmm. you, they ha- you have to be able to condense this shit down or it's never you're never going to have any movies. So what do you want? Do you want to have shitty movies or just like good movies that are like as close as we're going to get? Like make up your mind. Right. And, and that's the thing. I feel like what they did with this film with Super Mario Brothers was something wholly unique where they're like, all right. We how the fuck are we going to make a cohesive story about two twin plumbers who jump on the heads of turtles and mushroom monsters uh, and slide up and down pipes like this is bizarre. (laughs) Yes. So they gave us this insane Mad Max like alternate dimension people evolved from dinosaurs type of storyline. And it's bonkers, but it's fun. It's a really fun film. And I think that that's that's the key, that this movie was mm-hmm. a lot of fun. And what would it have been like if we actually got payoff from that fucking stinger where Daisy comes back and she's like, I need your guys help. You're never going to believe this. And yeah. they, they grab their tools and they go like. Yeah, I mean, and that was like every movie at this time where like you couldn't end a movie, especially one based on some kind of a property without putting that little sequel hook in. Like it was just, you know, like the rules, you know, like Masters of the Universe did it. Like, yeah, yeah, they always did that. I always did that. Yeah, exactly. So you had to put that in there. And I think to the point where like I know that. First of all, I forgot it was even in the movie, but I don't ever remember thinking like, oh, shit, they're going to make a sequel. I wonder what this is going to be about. Like, even as a kid, I don't remember ever having that train of thought. So I probably was just sort of, uh, you know, I'm so used to the little sequel hook and I'm like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Like, you know, half of these sequels (laughs) never get made. So, you know, whatever, especially with how poorly received the movie was. But, yeah, I completely agree. I think our what if scenario for this is we say, what if this was a big hit? just like the movie franchise or the video game franchise and Hollywood fast tracks, the sequel, just like they did with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the secret of the ooze, you know, right. <laughs> and, and we get another movie and, you know, about the same type of budget. Right. And right. they have to do something else. You know, so they can't just repeat the same shit. And because this movie, it wasn't really an adaptation of like the first game, for example, it was, hmm. It was like an adaptation of the idea, right? And there were at this point there would have been three main NES games. I'm pretty sure Super Mario Land was out on the Game Boy. I don't know. I never actually owned the Game Boy, so I don't I don't have any uh, recollection of the time scale. Um, yeah, no, Super Mario uh, Land was out. I want to say it might have even been part Land One and Two. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I I know part one was was '89. Okay, yeah. And okay, so we, we should probably probably look that up too because actually, now that I think about it, like maybe that's where they go, right? Because again, the movie we got was sort of an adaptation of like the first couple of movies, mostly the or games, mostly the first game. But there's a couple of things, a couple of elements thrown in, right? That that come from the other games. Um, oh yeah. So it's obvious that they were sort of looking at the whole thing as as a whole. Like, but what about the Game Boy games? Like, maybe Super Mario Land is like where we go next. Like, what is Super Mario Land? You know, who was in that? I mean, I don't know. Like I said I literally, I think I watched my brother play it because he had a Game Boy, but I never, right. I never played that game. So I'm gonna well, look it up right now, unless you know about it. Well, I know a little. Like, I, I God, I haven't played it since I was a kid, but I do know that that was where Daisy comes from. So now in this movie, we didn't have Princess Peach. We have Princess Daisy, 
And it's a little weird because, you know, Daisy, they have her as Princess of the Mushroom Kingdom, which is actually Peach, but whatever. Um, So we have Princess Daisy, but she's from Super Mario Brothers or Super Mario Land. So, I mean, I feel like, yeah, we can definitely I'm actually pulling up some Super Mario Land info as we talk. Uh, I feel like we can definitely play around with some concepts there. Uh, Yeah, yeah, 1989. So it oh, takes, takes place in Sarasara land or Sarasa land as opposed to the Mushroom Kingdom. I don't know what the hell that is. Um, yeah. <laughs> I remember it being very deserty, like pyramids okay. and stuff. Okay, so that's cool because in the movie, one thing that I had forgotten that takes that happens that I thought was an interesting uh, touch was the, the, the alternate dimension world where – Koopa rules. Uh, it was basically like one big city. I don't know if they ever named it or if it was called the Mushroom Kingdom or if it was Koopa City or whatever. It was Dino Hatton. Oh, God. Okay. That's, I'm, <laughs> <Woo>. <laughs> I'm sad that I know that, but yes, it was right. Dino Hatton. All right. Dino Hatton. Jesus. But, but then... <laughs> The rest of the world was like a giant desert, according to Koopa. It was kind of like Mega City 1, you know, from Judge Dredd, where it was like this one gigantic city, and then the rest of the world is nothing. So while you're looking up Super Mario Land details real quick, just for the benefit of the reader, because we've touched on it, but we're kind of assuming that people have seen the movie. So just real quick, I just want to say, you know, if you haven't seen the Super Mario Bros. movie or you just don't remember anything about it, you know, like I said, we touched on a few details. But basically what happens is you get a story where about 20 years before what is the modern day at the time uh, a, a baby is born and then secreted away somewhere at like an orphanage and then you jump ahead 20 years and we find out that that that, that baby that was secreted away for some reason um, is a, a paleontologist working at a, at a dig where they found some dinosaur bones in Brooklyn and there's this uh, like basically mafia family that's trying to sabotage the dig so that they can get back to building whatever they were trying to build a shopping mall or something I don't remember now and and then the uh, the Mario brothers, Mario, Mario and Luigi Mario, who, you know, are our brothers with a big age gap and they're plumbers. And they through, you know, a, sort of a slap uh, stick series of events, they get sucked into trying to rescue the uh, the dig site from uh, plumbing sabotage. <laughs> and then. <laughs> They get sucked into another world, like an alternate dimension, where we find out that this baby that had been secreted away, Daisy, right, who becomes a paleontologist. So, you know, spoiler alert, turns out that she is the princess of the Mushroom Kingdom or or the Mushroom King or the king who is actually a mushroom. And (laughs) she and there was a meteorite that hit the earth like, you know, tens of millions of years ago that instead of killing the dinosaurs, it actually just split the world into a, like a divergent timeline where in this other dimension or other timeline, dinosaurs evolved into humanoids. And in our, our world, obviously, you know, like, uh, uh, primates evolved into humans. And so now King, Koopa or Koopa is the ruler of this uh, Dino Hatton and you know the king is missing somewhere the whole city is infected by this like slime mold uh, fungus uh, invasion and he's trying Koopa is trying to find the shard of that meteorite because he believes that if he has this last little piece of it that he'll be able to uh, take down like the dimensional barrier between Dino world and human world and merge the two worlds and they'll be able to like live on, on Earth 
earth and not in this you know disgusting uh, mushroom fungus infested place that he lives in and of course he's like a germaphobe so he's you know he, he's both evil and afraid of fungus at the same time um which, and of which course, is an interesting touch i have to add add that because and dennis hopper plays it very well oh he really does yeah he totally does yeah it's it's a really strange, like, uh, Howard Hughes, you know, as like supervillain kind of a take on it, which I think is great. But yeah, anyway, it turns out, you know, of course, Daisy has the shard of the meteorite and she was like hidden away on earth to like hide it. And because she's like the heir to the throne, blah, 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 blah. And eventually, uh, you know, they, they, they save the day and stop the two dimensions from being merged. But one thing I forgot to mention is how Koopa basically is in power is he somehow has the technology to evolve and de-evolve individuals with this like ray gun or this machine and so he has devolved we find out spoiler alert that the king all the way back to like a slime mold and it turns out he's actually this mushroom fungus invasion it's really just the king himself who is actually helping the mario brothers who have been sucked into this world and they're helping daisy and they want to take down the koopa uh and stop his mad plan to go to earth and de-evolve all the humans into chimpanzees so he can rule the world (laughs) (laughs) exactly Anyway, so that's the you know, whole story. One thing that I really feel that uh, the original film was missing um, that they, they totally should have done was at no point did either Mario or Luigi eat a mushroom and grow bigger. Um, and I feel like after they devolved Koopa, I know it was like CG and puppets, so they really couldn't do much. But how fun would it have been to have like a mini kaiju battle in the middle of the movie where Mario eats a mushroom and turns into a giant and has to beat the shit out of a Koopa, like a dinosaur King Koopa. Yeah. Yeah. That's a cool idea because he did say he had evolved in the T-Rex. And so, yeah, he gets devolved and into like, what's kind of a looking kind of a T-Rex looking monster. Right. It would have been like Godzilla versus like, you know, mega Mario. It would have been really cool. And the fact that, you know, it's like that he made fun of him constantly throughout the movie for being a monkey. It would have been it would have been like King Kong versus Godzilla. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it would have so been perfect. a lot of fun. That would, that would but, have been amazing. Yeah. But not like it's it's definitely it's definitely a strange adaptation of the Mario Brothers idea. And, and like I said, there are things that really didn't work. Um, and there are a lot of things that really work. Now, the, the one thing that irks the fuck out of me is the Mario, Mario, Luigi, Mario thing. Like, fine. They're the Mario brothers. So their last name would be Mario. That's fine. I get that. Mm-hmm. But I think it would have been a hell of a lot funnier if you just gave Mario like an, ex- like an, an absurd first name instead of Mario, Mario, like <laughs> if it yeah. was Luigi Mario, fine. But what if it was like, I don't know, like. Antonio Giuseppe Vincent Nicholas the third Mario <laughs> like something yeah. like that. that would have been fucking hilarious and I think it would have been it would have been memorable for the right reasons versus now where it's it's like the the Han Solo thing like oh, hmm, what's your last name nothing it is Han. oh Han Solo like oh yeah. come on <laughs> like, yeah yeah, I'm going to go on record right now saying I really enjoyed the solo movie. I thought that they did a good job with what they were trying to do, you know. Totally agree. Totally but, agree. But I 100% that is the only scene. Like if I could take one thing out of that movie, that's what I would take out. That is the one thing that that 
makes that movie lose huge points for me. There's a couple other things that I don't like. There's things I choices I disagree with, but in general, I think they made a successful prequel, but that's the one thing where I got to be all fucking, you know, troll boy on it and be like, come on guys, let's get that shit out of the fucking movie. Can we just cut that out on Disney plus already and be done with it? It's yeah, no, there, there are, there are certain lines in otherwise really good films that are just cringe worthy. That's one of them. And and I know we're getting off on a tangent here, and, I, and I'll pull myself back in for a sec. But uh, in the first X Men movie, the the fucking line, do you know what happens to a toad when it's struck by lightning? Oh, Same God. as everything else. <laughs> like I hate that line so much. It's like, horrible. Every time I watch the movie, I brace before I'm like, ah, oh, come on, she's gonna say it. Like I hate it. So yeah, it's horrible. Yeah, it, the Mario Mario Luigi Mario who's on first bit that they do here while I get it. Like it is kind of a, it, the way Liguizamo and, and freaking Hosh, uh, was it Hoskins? Is that his name? Bob Hoskins. Hosk- yeah. Yeah. Bob Hoskins. Yeah. I, I always say his name wrong. I always want to say <laughs> Hoskins. <laughs> um, but yeah, the way they play it, they play it straight and that adds comedy to it, but it's a dumb bit. It really is. <laughs> It is. Yeah, it is. I feel like at the time they wouldn't do it now because the world is a different place. But I think at the time, like you mentioned, like having like a big, long, silly first name that totally would have worked. But at the same time, like if his first name was like, you know, a male name that sounds feminine, like Shannon or Vivian, he would have just like, you know, I mean, he would have just smacked Luigi on the back of the head like it's Mario. Just call me Mario. You know, and yeah, exactly. He would have been and that would have been hilarious, but it would have been really damaging, I think, to the franchise as a whole. If people were making fun of him like, ha ha, Shannon, Mario or something, (laughs) you know, (laughs) right. That's true. (laughs) Um, And and just to go back to it for a second, because, yeah, we're totally off topic, but going back to star Wars and like, and also like dumb lines. Like I am a, an apologist for the phantom menace. I think it is genuinely like a really good and entertaining movie with a shitload of problems, but it's right. a fun kids movie. Like this movie, it is a fun movie made for children. It's yes. made for children, made for children. I noticed how many times I said that because people, <laughs> people forget that, you know, when you were a star Wars fan, when you were a kid and you loved the Ewoks like me, and then you grew mm-hmm. up and you watched the Phantom Menace and you nitpicked the, the shit out of it. You're forgetting the fact that like you were a child and the Ewoks were cool. And now you're not a child anymore, but kids who watched the Phantom Menace thought that shit was awesome. And there's a whole generation of Jar Jar fans. You know, I can deal with like the Misa Jar Jar, like poodoo fart joke bullshit. Like I don't like Jar Jar personally, but I get it. Like I know why he's in the right. movie. But the thing that bothers me more than anything else is when Jake Lloyd goes, yippee, or whatever the fuck he says. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, nobody ever talks that way. Because he doesn't even say, like, like a high-pitched falsetto like I did. He literally he literally just says it like like he was reading the script. Like, yippee, this is pod racing. And it's yeah. like, oh, God, nobody says fucking yippee, you dolt. And, like, not you. Like, it was Lucas, you know, yeah. not, oh, yeah, not yeah. Jake Lloyd, obviously. But, like, that's the line that bothers me. Dude, I'm right. Like for me, it, it's the the like let's do a roll. That's a good trick. I'm like, why is that line written like that? Like it's so bad. Like, but it, it's also like I, I mentioned in the GI Joe movie how it drives me crazy in the first uh, live action GI Joe movie when Heavy Duty has to say Yo Joe. Like you know <laughs> the actor was like, do I have to? <laughs> because like <laughs> right? he was just like Yo Joe. Like it was the most. Like just drab delivery of a bad line, and it's it's awful. Uh, but yes, 
Jake Lloyd, unfortunately, does get a lot of shit because of the lines Lucas made him read. Um, and, and like, and I'm, I'm, crit- I'm, I'm definitely guilty of it because I hated a lot of those lines, and I was like, oh, I fucking hate this when he says this, and I hate when he says that. But again, it is Lucas, and, and um, you and McGregor and um, Samuel Jackson had both commented in interviews where they there wasn't a lot of room for your own take. On certain mm-hmm. lines, you know, like George had a vision on how he wanted it and they had to deliver on that vision. So like they say it a lot nicer than that, but it's basically we didn't have room for our own interpretation. So like when he's like, I have the high ground and I can give it up like he didn't have room for interpretation on that. Right. Well, and George Lucas. uh um He's famous for writing this really clunky dialogue all the way back to, like, you know, the original Star Wars with things like, I recognized your foul stench when I came on board or whatever. <laughs> right. and it's like, and it's not necessarily that it's like bad, but it's clunky and it's hard to say. It doesn't sound natural. But the difference is that you get Carrie Fisher and Harrison Ford and Ewan McGregor and Samuel Jackson. And, you know, uh, you get all these amazing actors um, who are, you know, they can deliver the lines. But then you get Jake Lloyd. I mean, poor Jake Lloyd. I mean, he was a young kid. Yeah. You know, he, he he hadn't been acting for that long. Like he just didn't doesn't have the chops, you know, to pull off something that these adult actors, you know, they could they could make it work. You would change the inflection, you know, you change the pace, whatever. Like you you find a way to say it that sounds a little bit more off the cuff. But you know, he, he didn't know how to do that. He didn't know how to how to he didn't have the craft. And unfortunately, you know, he it fucked up his whole life. <laughs> Poor dude. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> But anyway, back to this back shit. To so, yeah. <laughs> okay, so let, so let's do this, right? So we do, let's do a sequel instead of instead of our original idea of taking a movie that was like super corny and stupid and doing like this is what they should have done to adapt Super Mario Brothers as a sci-fi movie. We say no, this movie's fucking cool. Everyone should watch it. Mm-hmm. And they should also watch our sequel where Daisy goes back to the human world and and says, you know, you never believe what happened and gets Mario and Luigi and they run off to, to the next adventure. And so let's tell that adventure. And I think it would be fun if we did something with like Sarah Sarah Land or whatever from Super Mario Land just to kind of squeeze a little bit more of the game in. And you said yeah. it's a lot of desert. The whole world, according to Koopa, was like one giant city and a bunch of desert. So yep. let's go to the let's go to the desert. Yeah, and, and I think th- this is also important to to tell the audience. Um, this is the first for us where we set out to uh, redo the first film. Like our th- original thought process when we we made out our list of epi- possible episodes back when we started recording this podcast. One of the first ones we had thrown on that list is, "Hey, Super Mario Brothers. That movie was awful, right? Like let's let's touch on that again." Mm-hmm. And We've had it in our back pocket for the longest time. Hard, part of the hard part was finding it, um, just because it's notoriously not streaming anywhere. So it was very hard to get a hold of. But we were operating under our childhood delusions that it wasn't that great of a movie. So this, we were, like, I watched it last night, and I know you started it last night. And Josh and I were texting back and forth, like, Dude, this is actually really good. Like, what were we thinking? So, I, I think I think my last text message before I literally just fell asleep because it was late for me was like, "Damn, you know, like I was just yeah. like, what are, we, what are we gonna do?" You because know? it's yeah, because this is this is a first where we we watched the movie with the intention of making notes on what needed to be changed and walked away going, 
I I liked this. I had a good time with this film. So yeah, so we did completely change our original plan and decided on doing a sequel like seconds before we started recording. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was yeah. like we talked about it like but our our little preamble was like so I really liked it. <laughs> like yeah. yeah, me too. Like and we talked about how much we enjoyed the film. Then we're like sequel. Uh, I guess sequel. So yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. We always talk ahead of time. Like you mentioned before we, you know, we do, we hit record and do the little intro and yeah, this time it was like, uh, yeah, we can't like, we can't do that, you know? And so it's a little bit of, (laughs) a little bit of kayfabe and us kind of being like, yeah, yeah, let's, let's change it. But like, yeah, we decided that before we started recording because it was like, fuck man, like throw everything away. And I was watching the movie today, just going like, fuck, like, what can I fix? What can I fix? What can I fix? And like, I was coming up with nothing, you know? (laughs) Yeah, because it's, it is genuinely fun. And, and one thing I have to say, this is a, a shout out to Count Creepyhead, um, after watching this, I started looking up the old Super Mario Brothers movie toys. I completely forgot that that uh, that toy line existed, and now I kind of want some of them. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I was like, oh man, th- those were kind of cool. I, I should have got some when I was younger, but I never did. I know, right? Gosh. Okay. What? One last comment based on all of our preamble bullshit we've been doing right now. You know, kind of, kind of stalling for time. Right. While, right. Uh, like I'm in, my, in the back of my head, I'm thinking, I'm like, okay, the desert. What are we gonna do? Ah, oh, fuck. Like, figure it out. You know. But yep. also, we're talking about. Um, I wanted to mention this before when you're talking about uh, video game movies and like the timeline of like this is the first one and like the Silent Hill was maybe the first like you know, uh, like a faithful one, but like the Tomb Raider ones came out before that, but they were like pretty good, even if they weren't faithful. I gotta say. I never really played a whole lot of the games, so I can't tell you how faithful it is. But the first video game movie that I ever saw, like chronologically, that I thought was like, fuck, like they finally made a video game movie that didn't suck, which for me was Dune with The Rock. I think Doom, Doom, right? Oh. I, think, I think Doom is a great movie for what yeah. it is. For what no, it dude, is. I totally agree. Now, I am a huge Doom fan. Like, I I love the Doom games. In fact, I now that I have a new computer, I just started playing Doom Eternal this week. And, oh, my God, I can't say enough good about that game. I'm not going to get off on a tangent, but two things I, I just got to comment on. Number one, ray tracing is fucking gorgeous when you have the processing power to do it. Holy shit, it looks great. Um, nice. Number two, it is like playing in the world of a heavy metal album cover. It's insane, and I love nice. it. <laughs> like, Yeah, I always I, love I, that about the old games, too. Oh, it, it's, it's so wickedly brutal and amazing. Like, my God, I can't say enough good about the new the new Doom video games. Um, But, yes, I watched the original Doom and I like (laughs) this. I tell this story all the time. I literally put in the DVD, looked at my wife and went, this is going to suck. And I hit play (laughs) and like she got bored. She left. She was like, I'm going to I'm going to go do something else. So she went upstairs and watched TV. I got so sucked into this movie. I thought it was so much fun. Mm-hmm. It um it was very much taking a lot from Doom 3, which was kind of in itself a soft reboot of the of the series, but um so it took a lot of its story elements from Part 3 cuz Part 3 was the first one that actually had like a heavy story. But mm-hmm. yeah, I I totally agree. In fact, I'll go so far as to say the reboot of that Doom Annihilation, which should have been bad by all accounts. Like Everything that they did with that movie should not have worked. They had these giant clunky guns that looked ridiculous. 
you know, they changed the they changed the lead. Like everyone was pissed about the gender swap for the lead. Yeah. Um, they're like they did so many things wrong from the game. And holy shit, it's a fun movie. Like I again, I went into it with the same low expectations I went into watching the original Doom. And I had a blast. I'm like, did anyone criticizing this movie actually watch it? Because like everyone was like, ah, oh, she's not a space marine. Man, she's terrible. Blah 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 blah. She's yeah. fucking badass. <laughs> like right. I love, I loved it. I thought it was so much fun. But yeah, like I, I totally agree. The Doom movie is highly underrated, um, and its its sequel slash reboot is highly underrated. There, there are a ton. Like we could go down an entire video game uh, franchise like list. Like Alone in the Dark, horrible. Blood Rain, awful. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, freaking. Oh, the street Street Fighter, the Legend of Chun Li. Oh, we, yeah. we watched Street Fighter. Yeah. We did I tried to watch. That. I tried oh. to watch it. I couldn't finish it. I couldn't oh, finish it. Yeah. Dude, it's awful. Um, I mean, then there there are shit like Assassin's Creed and Warcraft, where it's like they were fine. They they were they were fine films that just did not deliver on what fans hoped for. Um, they, they told you the story they told you they were going to tell, <laughs> like mm-hmm. everything leading up to both of those movies. They were like, this is the story we're telling. And everyone was excited. And then they got the story they were being told and they're like, but I wanted this story instead. Um, mm-hmm. uh, like with Warcraft, I know the one everybody bitched about was they wanted the Arthas story. And it's like, I agree. I, that's my favorite story in the world of Warcraft, uh, you know, universe as well. But we also kind of need to establish how the orcs and, uh, you know, humans existed in the same world anyway, considering the orcs are from another dimension. So we had to kind of give the startup story first before we could go into the more, you know, later on lore. Um, But I get it. People were like, why didn't they just pull a Star Wars and, you know, tell us in the middle of the story, but blah, blah, blah. But yeah, video game movies are notorious for having... um, <laughs> a lot of bad entries. Let's just, um, <laughs> yeah, for sure. I will, I will say you, you mentioned quickly the Sonic the Hedgehog thing. I know you said you have no desire to see it. I would actually recommend it. Like, I really do think if you could get Griffin to sit and watch it, I think you guys would have a lot of fun because I had no desire to see it. I took Caleb to see the first one. I fucking loved it. And then we rented the second one as soon as it became like available for home streaming and we had just as much fun. Like we were cracking up like how silly it was. Okay. It's like the jokes actually land. Uh, Jim Carrey is amazing as Dr. Robotnik. Like, and I mean, hell, even like the introdu- uh, introduction of Knuckles and Tails in the second one worked so well. And um, when they do, I don't want to ruin it, but there, there's something that happens in the second movie that I kept going. Are they going to do that? Because that's in the game. Are they going to, when they did what I thought they were going to do, it blew me away. So like, it's, it's a lot of fun. It's a very well okay. thought out. Film. That's good. Yeah. I might check it out. I think, I think Griffin would definitely like to like it. He doesn't, he's never really played the games either, but he knows the character. Um, I was never like a Sega kid, so I never really played Sonic really when I was like, I literally played more Sonic standing in Toys R Us at like the Sega demo, <laughs> you know, <Yeah. laughs> than I ever did like at home. Cause I just, it was just what we were just like a Nintendo house, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I might check it out one, one time with him. So anyway, All right, so we stalled enough. Yeah, we stalled enough. So in the meantime, while we were stalling and the wheels were turning, 
We talked about, let's do a sequel. Let's get out of the city. We'll get out of Dino Hatton. <laughs> Jesus. <And> get, <laughs> we'll get out into the desert. And I'm just going to throw it out here right now to, to say, okay, if we're in a kind of post-apocalyptic style world, not necessarily that, that there was an apocalypse, but it's kind of a dystopian, you know, the uh, bad sci-fi, you know, sh- everything's kind of shitty kind of a world, you know, very sort of a Blade Runner, you know, uh, RoboCop kind of a thing. Um, I think if you're going to go in the desert, my first thought is fucking Mad Max, right? Absolutely. And, and I think that would be so fun to take the concept of like people living out in the desert, which again, is kind of like Judge Dredd too. But I think that we could definitely do something fun with let's get some kind of a new threat that's coming out of the desert, maybe threatening Dino Hatton itself or, or there's some other kind of MacGuffin, whatever it is. But I think we need to go out there and have some kind of a conflict with like, you know, desert road warriors and shit. <laughs> yeah, no, I totally agree. In fact, that would make sense considering, you know, like they took down Koopa, you know, kind of leaves a power vacuum type of thing. Like, yeah, it would make sense that someone else would be like, Hey, it's my turn now. So who would the big bad be, though? Okay, well, like I said, I never really played Super Mario Land, so I think we can kind of mishmash the different games together. We'll go out in the desert. We'll we'll say there's something called Sarah Sarah Land or whatever the hell it's called. Like that'll be the name of some you know uh, settlement like around an oasis somewhere. You know, right? And but I don't know who the big bad in the in Super Mario Land the Game Boy game is. I don't really care to find out right now. <laughs> but I I've always liked Wart, who was the bad guy from Super Mario Brothers two. Right. Okay. I think I think Ward is a fun villain. Um, I don't really know what his motivation was. I don't even really remember. Like he did. He didn't even capture the princess because, of course, the princess was like along in the party, you know, in your D&D yeah. party, like uh, battling, <laughs> battling all like the, the dream warriors and shit. But I thought that Ward was a kind of a cool looking villain. And I like the idea that if there is a world where. Uh, a meteorite caused like a divergent timeline to an alternate dimension and dinosaurs evolved into like humanoid type people. But like there were other animals living on the world. We even saw right. that with like, there was different like dinosaur species that still exist in much the same way that we still have primate species, you know, other than humans, right. That exist in a, in a less evolved state, but like, wouldn't there be other animals just on the earth? And so I think it'd be fun if like we find out that, yeah, there was like amphibians who evolved into humanoid people and like Wart is one of these guys. He's like a big toad guy. And, you know, maybe there's like, OK, so this is cool. So in Super Mario Bros. 2, there's like a, a villain who's like a giant mouse called Mouser. And there's like a three headed snake called uh, Triclide. And there's a couple other ones, too. But like, so what if there was like this like super evolved rat looking dude and this like evolved snake looking guy. And they were, they were kind of like the, you know, Lord humongous and his henchmen, you know, kind of out in the desert. Uh, and maybe they were just like the other species who like weren't allowed to live in Dino Hatton because they weren't dinosaurs, you know, because we okay. saw how, how we saw how much of like a totalitarian state Koopa was running and he hated mammals. I mean, he'd, he'd hate everybody, you know? So maybe long yeah. ago, Maybe not even him. Maybe it was the king even before him. And that would be kind of an interesting little conflict of interest if, like, you know, Daisy's dad, the king, Lance Hendrickson. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. What if we find out that, like, years ago, the royal family had made it a decree that, like, Dino Hatton is for, you know, dinosaurs only and the rest of y'all can, you know, go find your own city or whatever. And that's kind of what this Sarah Sarah Land or whatever it's called is. It's, it's this it's this just uh, 
like gathering of all these like misfit other species who are like, you know, that's just kind of where they live, you know, around this like oasis, this little town or, but now maybe there's, you know, maybe with the power vacuum in the, in the city, they think, oh, the, the, the king is back and, you know, Daisy, what is, what the hell does she know? Maybe Wart has been just biding his time waiting for Koopa to fall. And now he's like, it's time for our like assault on the city. You know, we don't, we're sick of living out in the desert. We're going to go and live in the big city with all the dinosaurs or something like that. Okay. All right. Okay, uh, let's think about this for a second. Uh, first of all, I didn't think about this uh, until you just mentioned it just now, that since all the people in uh, Dino Hatton evolved <laughs> from, from dinosaurs, that would mean that Daisy and the King are both some kind of dinosaur as well. Oh, that's right, yeah. I kept thinking of them as mushroom people, but yeah, they're totally dinosaurs. They'd have yeah, to be. Well, because and Daisy is delivered in an egg in the in the yeah. beginning of the movie so yeah she definitely hatches out of an egg um which is very strange that they <laughs> they have they evolved to be humanoid but their reproductive system was still laying eggs um <laughs> okay so deep cut deep cut this always reminds me of the fucking tv series from the 80s v remember yes v, right? yes where it was like these fucking aliens they just they looked like you know you're like lizard overlords but i remember that there was this one like sequence where like a uh like an alien and a human had a baby they had a, they had a baby but it's actually twins and like one twin comes out and it looks totally human and they're like oh thank god he looks normal and, and he sticks his tongue out and it's a fucking snake tongue and then like yep. the, the other baby it looks like a like a lizard but it, it starts crying and it has like a human tongue and i'm like that is so bizarre that somehow yeah. it's just the tongue got switched <laughs> but that's you know i was a little kid but that scene with that fucking baby with the, the snake tongue forking out of his mouth that shit stuck in my brain to this day <laughs> yep anyway back back to this so yeah so they, they would actually have been like some kind of dinosaur um which is just interesting to me because I, I i hadn't considered that until just now um but yeah so okay so we have these other, you know, races or beings out in the desert. Um, I think just for for some visuals, like uh, like the main villains, like the the stormtroopers instead of Goombas. If we're if we're gonna be basing it off of part two, you have stuff like the shy guys and the sniffets, which I think would be extremely easy to do in this type of a film because we could totally do you know like Mad Max style or like Tuscan Raider style where it's like people mm -hmm. in these like weird robes and wraps with like the white blank face or like the gas mask with the little, like um, we almost kind of had that in the original movie too. We had those weird guys in the like chainmail gas mask looking things mm -hmm. that were like gathering garbage or whatever they were doing out in the, <laughs> the wasteland. Um, it looked like they were bringing garbage in. I, I don't understand that, but, but yeah, so we already kind of had that look in, in the original film. So we could have the, the troops, the main bad guys that, they're going to be fighting look like shy guys and sniffets in a post-apocalyptic Mad Max style, which I think is going to be fun. Also, just for more visualization, uh, we, we had talked about if, if Wart is going to be uh, the, the big bad, you also mentioned what, what was the, the, the Mouser and Triclide? Was it? I, I, yeah, I had to look it up. Mouser and Triclide. And it, there was a couple other like mini bosses in Super Mario Brothers 2, but those are just oh, the yeah. two, two that I always really enjoyed. And like Super Mario Brothers 3 doesn't really have its own bosses other than like the Koopa kids. So, right. you know, it's like, ah, whatever. You know, we, hell, the king himself, I, I'm now realizing is like totally from Super Mario Brothers 3. Um, but yeah. 
you know, because they had all the kings transformed into like different animals and shit. And like in the movie, yep. he was transformed into mushroom. I don't know why I never put never put that together before, like just now. But yeah, I say we we can use a couple of the little mini boss dudes from Super Mario Bros. Two just to round it out. Yeah. The, so there's like this mouser guy, the triclide guy. There's like a he's he's like a snake dude, or I don't know if we want to give him three heads or whatever, but it doesn't matter. I mean, since it's going to be the, in this world, they would basically just be humans with, uh, you know, because they'd be evolved, you know, humanoid. Yep. So they mm. would have aspects. So I say, like, for Wart, like, yeah, maybe he's, like, humanoid. He has, like, webbed hands and, like, greenish skin or, you know, he's covered in warts, you know, something like that. Yeah. Uh, Triclide, tri we could we could do something like, you know, maybe give him, like, the, the forked tongue or maybe, maybe he does have two other heads. I, I don't know, like, have... <laughs> That would be really bad CG, but you know. <laughs> or, so, or better yet, we we can just give him like a third eye, right? So instead of three heads, he just has three uh, eyes. Okay, yeah, you know, yeah. Just that's a little bit easier to do. Yeah, and then Mouser would just be he would just be your typical little like uh, little henchman toady guy, yes. you know, the, the toady like, to the wart buck and teeth and. Yeah, he'd like like fucking uh, Wormtail from like Harry Potter, you know? <laughs> exactly. It part, that's I was trying to figure out. I could I could see it in my head the the type of facial expressions I was thinking of. But yes, Wormtail fits it perfectly. Now the one I would love to have is we have to have Birdo because Birdo is the one that I always thought about. Like that's that's the the villain that I always think of from Super Mario Brothers two. Mm -hmm. So we have Birdo in what was the guy's name in uh, uh, Road Warrior. The the guy who had like the the big black like feathery shoulder pads and he was oh, yeah. riding that, around in the thong. Isn't that wait that's not Bennett from Commando, is it? It's not yeah, him, yeah, is it? Yeah, it is. It's him. Oh, shit, what's that character's name? Uh, I, I, I forget. It it's in Mad Max too, right? He's in the Road Warrior. Okay, hang on. Yeah. Uh, we're gonna look it up real quick, everybody. Hang on. <laughs> Where's the cast? What's live the hard drive? Live hard drive. Vernon Wells plays Wes. 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 Okay. Yeah. So I'm picturing the look of Wes, where it's kind of like he's got kind of questionably feminine outfit, but he's this big, like burly, you know, warrior kind of guy. Because mm -hmm. Birdo, there was the whole thing where it, with with Birdo, they were ambiguous. You didn't yes. know what you know were they male, were they female, were they both, whatever. Um. So I kind of like that playing around in this style. So we have this, you know. Wes type character as an enforcer, but I'm picturing the the weapon of choice being a freaking chomp chomp, the the ball and chain thing. Oh, the so chain like, chomp. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> like, imagine you know having swinging around like the big chain ball and chain type thing, except it's snapping at people. Oh, nice. Yeah, that'd be awesome. I could picture that. That actually, you know. uh we had Big Bertha in the first movie, right? In the movie mm -hmm. we just watched, who it's a great character. And I literally just, I'm just now noticing as I'm like looking at like Mario characters online, I'm like, it's the fish. He, it's the fish. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. I forgot all, I forgot all about that. <laughs> the only reason I remember Big Bertha is because I, I have PTSD from that fucking level in Mario 3 with her. <laughs> right. There you go. So there's more Mario 3 in the movie. But okay. So yeah, I'm picturing that exact same type of character. But yeah, we, and we get, you know, at the time in the 90s, you know, people weren't really using words, you know, like, transgender they would have said something like transsexual or or uh right. 
or androgynous, I think was probably the most popular word, but I would totally love to see like RuPaul or somebody just really like oh, hell you know, yes. just fabulous and, and, and imposing. And it would just be so much fun. Just like you had like Tina Turner in like Mad Max beyond Thunderdome, like yeah. put Ru- RuPaul in this and just let them be like a big fucking badass with like a giant, like uh you know, chain chomp morning star thingy. <laughs> like, Oh yeah, that'd be awesome. I would love it. That would be so damn fun. <laughs> Okay. Okay. And I think this is awesome. Yeah. So I love this. So we have this like little like band of like rebels in the desert and like, there's gotta be some uh, resource that they don't have. Like they're short on food or, you know, power or whatever, or maybe it's just like, it's fucking cold as the desert, you know? And a lot of them, like the amphibians and like the reptile guys, maybe they're cold blooded, you know, and they just want to move into the city. What I can't, and I don't know exactly what it is, but we've got to have something where it's like, you know, they are running low on this resource or they're, they're, their quality of living is just reached a breaking point. And with the fall of Koopa, they're like, fuck the king. We're going in, you know, and they're not going to try to sneak in. They're like, no, no, we've been building an army. We've been secretly building this army out here because Koopa couldn't give a shit. He was just like, ah, desert, who cares? And like, wasn't paying any attention. And so now it, there's like, oh shit, there's like this, this massive army of like, you know, road warrior looking dudes armed and like, you know, old car parts and garbage can lids and like, <laughs> you know, you know, just, uh, you know, um, homemade weapons made out of like just whatever. And oh, do I love to see like, uh, the fucking hammer brothers like you know two dudes oh, with, like dude, giant yes. sledgehammers you know yes <laughs> that'd be awesome yeah so i think this would be a lot of fun so let's back up for a second so we have daisy go to the real world and she's like you never believe what happened and she gets the mario brothers back you know into dino hatton and she's trying to tell them that like yeah you know you know my, my dad's back in charge and you know it's like, you know, like whatever, like, you know, the next day we see this army on the horizon, like marching to the city. And I don't know exactly what it is, but, like, you know, we, we need to find out right then and there where, you know, the king is like, yeah, he's not as good as we thought he was. He was helping out the Mario brothers. You know, he was the rightful heir or of the throne or whatever. But, you know, it turns out that he's kind of a bigot, too, because he's like, oh, he's just the desert scum, you know, and like, you know, like, ah, never mind them. They're nothing like they can. They can't affect us here in the city. You know, we'll we'll uh, you know, we'll blow them away with our like uh, bullet build cannons or whatever you know <laughs> right right um, but daisy no like maybe she secretly knows like no like dad doesn't understand you know like uh toad who hey look toad who was turned into a goomba he's been devolved back into like a toad guy and now he's like her loyal like lieutenant you know and you know maybe yep. you know he, he, the word on the street is that like uh that uh you know king wart or lord wart or whatever has been our boss wart or whatever we call him. He's been, you know, sending uh, like people into the city and he's been like uh, spreading rumors in like the, the lower neighborhoods and building up, you know, uh, like a, like a resentment against like the King, like the King is back, but like, why do we, why do we even need a King? Like, why can't you rule yourselves? Like, look how bad things were under Koopa. Do you think they're going to be any better with the King in charge? You know? Right. And, and so now they're, they're like fomenting rebellion and the toads like, Oh yeah. Like, you know, there's been lots of fighting and looting and, you know, and, and, uh, People are like fleeing the city to join the army and it's getting real bad. And so I think Daisy is going to want to have the Mario brothers like, like you, you got to help me. Like I, I can't go out there by myself and like my dad won't send anybody with me. It's just going to be me and Toad. But like, you know, I need, I need, you know, people who like know how to fight or who know how to talk to these guys. And so she wants the Mario brothers to kind of go with her. They're going to, the four of them, like she wants to go talk to Wart and like figure out like what's, what's his grievance. Like what's, what's the big deal. And yeah. 
But like along the way, some shit has to happen where it's like, oh fuck, we get into some trouble. Wart thinks that they're like enemies sent by the king to like assassinate him or something. Like there's a misunderstanding, and now they're on the run from Wart, you know, trying to, you know, not only survive, but you know, how do we how do we get through to talk to him? And now like his whole army is trying to find us and kill us, and we're trapped in the desert. Right. Hmm. Okay. All right. So I'm trying to figure out like what exactly would the the end game be? Because uh, okay, so let let let's let's take a look at this. Like, would Daisy, um, would she want them to live in Dinohattan, or would she want to try to help, like, uh, uh, for lack of a better word, terraform the desert to like make <laughs> it better for you know for the for the other peoples out there? Um, extend Dino Hatton out so there's more, you know, more room for more more people. Um, or is it just literally like Wart is the big bad and they have to defend the city against him and his armies? No, I, I, I think it would make more sense that if it's uh, that Daisy wants to go and talk to him and like find out like, hey, what do you want? Like, what's your grievance? What can we do? Like, she's there to negotiate. I think that she not having grown up in Dino Hatton, like not having any, any influence from her dad. And she's like a perfectly like nice lady, you know, who like grew up in an orphanage and she's used to probably not getting what she wants. She's used to being, you know, poor and in need and in right. want and wanting a family, you know? So maybe she's sympathetic where she's like, no, no, like you don't have to march in the city and take anything. Like, you know, we can, we can live together. Like, what do you need from us? Do we want, do you want to trade with us? Like, you know, do you need resources from the city? Like, what do you have? You know, that's what she wants. Like, she's perfectly happy to like coexist. Like, let us help you to like set up, you know, Sarasa land as like a legit like town. And, you know, we can be, you know, trade partners, like different nations you know together and Wart's just like ah fuck you like we're gonna you know we're, <laughs> we're, like the city's right there why build anything out here like we're not getting any younger like we're, we're fucking taking over and you know you can live out here if you want if you like it so if you like it so much you stay here you know mm. <laughs> but uh, so here here's another thing too is while, while i'm thinking about them running around the desert like again i don't know what it is but like something has to go wrong but i'm thinking there needs to be someone that they can have an ally with in very much the same way that like, you know, Daisy and the Mario brothers like teamed up and then they eventually had like the Koopa cousins kind of helping them out. Let's introduce another element. Now you mentioned earlier that Daisy is not the princess from the NES Mario games, right? right. She's the princess from the, the, the super Mario land game boy games, but it was princess. Uh, what's her name? Peach, right? Or you yeah. know, the the toadstool princess. So Princess Peach is the princess from the games. So what if we swap it in the movie and we introduce a character named Peach who is from the desert? And what if it's that like, well, we have King War has this whole like you know road warrior army. Our Mad Max character is this Peach who has been <laughs> like who has been like slowly trying to like you know take down Wart like you know she's like a saboteur on his like you know his supply lines and like breaking in and stealing and breaking things and like trying to convince people that like no Wart is just a dictator he doesn't have what you want your best interest in mind like he's just trying to become the next Koopa and like again you know we need to like live out here in Sarasara land and work together and build up a town and like we can do this so she's the sort of like you know uh, rebel leader but and I'm totally picturing you you know, this uh, this combo of like Mad Max and like Sheena, Queen of the Jungle or, you know, whatever. Like, oh, you know, she, all dr- she's all, she's our Furiosa. Oh, there. Yes. There you go. Boom. Exactly. Perfect. Yeah, she's exactly. That's exactly what she is. And hell, oh. maybe 
maybe she used to work for Wart and now she's realized that, hey, there's a better way, you know, and she's like getting people. She's not a princess, but she, people are kind of like fleeing to her cause. So she now she has her own little guerrilla band and all they do is try to like sabotage Wart while she's continuing to try to convince people that, you know, he's he's a bad dude. Like you can't listen to this guy. And so maybe what happens is as Peach and the Mario brothers are like heading out to the camp, you know, maybe Mouser and Tricloud or whatever are like, oh, like here comes some of, you know, Peach's people, you know, to, they've been sabotaging our, our oil supplies or water supplies or whatever. And so they send out a band, you know, they send out, uh, you know, Bird, Birdo and, you know, and like uh, all these dudes in these big like bird masks, like like we saw those doors in Mario Bros. Yeah, 2. Yeah. Right? And so they, they just attack him and the Mario Bros. are like, whoa, they have a little fight and they kind of go go to ground and now they're trapped out there and they're like, well, how do we get to Wart's camp and how do we survive? And, and then, you know, they come across the, you know, uh, Peach or maybe Peach, you know, finds them and she's like, you know, gets them all on, at gunpoint, you know, as as you do, because you got to fight first. And, you know, and, and she's like, you know, what's your business? What are you here for? Like, don't think I don't recognize the king's daughter. Like, you know, go back home to your palace princess, you know. <laughs> oh, OK, OK, I, I got it. I got it. All right. So the movie from part one ends with the whole you're not going to believe this like her coming and gathering them she seems excited so how about this instead of seeing the army on the horizon right what if she has been doing what she does like she's a freaking you know archaeologist paleontologist whatever like she's digging up bones like that's what she likes to do so what if she's gone beyond the the confines of dino hatton and like taken her taken a small team you know led by toad you know since he's like now her mm -hmm. lieutenant or whatever and have like a little cadre of uh you know royal guard let's say but she brings mario and luigi out because she finds hints of another civilization out in the desert okay. so she's like you're never gonna believe this check this out like there's even more to discover and like she finds like you know bones that don't look like they belong to the uh you know like the the dinosaurs evolving into humans they look different so they're out there searching so maybe it starts off like an archaeology archaeological dig right then the group is jumped by the shy guys and the the sniffets whatever like works okay. So they they grab him, they kidnap him, they take him before Wart, and like you know she's like you know oh I'm I, you know I, I'm Princess Daisy like I, I I I will help your people like you know kind of thing like basically trying to parlay and Wart's like no now the Koopa's gone I want what you have so oh, like yeah, now nice. it's it's the whole so she starts off trying to to go peacefully. Then Wart's like, fuck you and your people. I'm going to take what's mine. You know, we find out that maybe Wart had once, maybe he, maybe he worked with Koopa early on to like overthrow the king. And then oh, okay. once that happened, Koopa turned on him because it's like, you know, we're, we're better than you. We're dinosaurs, blah, 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 you know, a whole class system. So mm -hmm. he, he throws his people out into the desert. So now he's pissed. So Wart and his people are furious while they're, trapped like they're imprisoned that's when date or when a uh, peach and her people like her rebellion break into the camp break nice. out you know daisy and the others and now we find out about the resistance fighters fighting against wart and his like desert nomads you know <laughs> before nice. they they go into dino hatton and i'm picturing this great scene with with uh peach because she always has the parasol um <laughs> yeah uh, imagine like if 
very like a uh, Kingsman where she pops open like a metal parasol and like deflects bullet fire. With <laughs> like a shield. Oh, that'd be, yeah. that'd be badass. Dude, that'd be an awesome <laughs> weapon. Yeah. Like an umbrella thing with like a, like a, a folding uh, shield at one side and the other side is just like a spear, you know? Like, yeah, yeah. Oh, that'd be fucking cool as hell. <laughs> I'm trying to think of characters from the games that, like, who who does Peach have? Like, I mean, I guess she would have, like, the Toad people, but we've already introduced Toad as, like, a regular dude. So, like, you know, right. I, it doesn't matter that much. I don't want to get off. I don't, don't want to, like, derail things. I'm just thinking, like, oh, shit. Like, who, work, who works with Peach? Like, who are some good guys, you know, I mean, in these could, fucking games? It could literally be as simple as, like, you know, just other random, uh, like, you know, freedom fighter looking characters, but maybe you could have one with like a raccoon tail and ears, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah. That'd be awesome. Oh, that'd be really cool. Yeah. Like the, like the Tanuki guy is one dude and like the raccoon guy, like kind of like, kind of hint at like, they hinted at like the, like the big jumping, but they could have to do with like the big green boots, you know, (laughs) and like all the different (laughs) power-ups. Yeah. No, that that actually would, that would be a lot of fun actually. Uh, Like the different, yeah, the the power-up guys. Yeah. So this is cool. Yeah. So, so Peach kind comes and like breaks out uh daisy and the mario brothers and toad breaks him out of their like cages and like the wart camp and of course like right when they're about to get away it's like you know toad or somebody like you know trips on something or whatever like sounds an alarm and and then shit now they got the whole army trying to find him it's like the middle of the night and they got to escape into the desert oh fuck so we have like a like a, like a cool action sequence and then yeah, yeah like, they escape you know by the scene of their teeth and they get into like the like the these like this cave system or whatever where peach is been hiding out and then of course peach and her people get to explain the story so you know, now the audience understands what's going on um yeah so i think this is a this is a really good setup so what we need okay. to go ahead i was gonna say the cave you said cave system so now this is a perfect spot for to have mushrooms growing right <laughs> yeah nice. <laughs> we have to have that visual and what if like because we never got them to eat the mushroom in the first one what if like you know she feeds them mushroom and they all like feel stronger you know, I mean, they don't power up, but it's like everyone's like, oh, I'm feeling pretty good. You know, yeah. almost, oh, yeah. almost like the uh, the weird drink that um, they have in Big Trouble in Little China where everyone just feels better, you know, after drinking it. Oh, that'd be perfect. Yeah. Like they all, they all break out of the camp. And then like we find out that maybe Daisy and the Murder Brothers were in there for like two days or something, you know, with like mm-hmm. no food, no food and water. They're weak. That's why you know, when they escape, you know, like Toad collapses on the way, sets off the alarm. They have to get away. Yeah, exactly. So they get into the cave system and they're just like water you know help whatever they're so weak and this is when peaches or yeah peach is just like you know eat this trust me you know exactly yeah. right and suddenly they're all just like shit let's go you know right. <laughs> it's like crack mushrooms <laughs> yeah and that, that's actually a really cool concept too we can kind of you know we can fake we can find out that you know because they've all sort of been living in the desert for a long time you know maybe war and his people are so focused on like fuck the desert this is a total wasteland nothing useful here we got to get to the city and get all the resources of like modern civilization but if peach and her people her clan or whatever they're like no like we are the people of the desert like we're the sarasaland people and like this is where we live and like we know how to live off the desert like we know we know where the caves are you know we um and of course lots of lots of the games would have those like underground levels where like all the sparkly underground caves you know everything is like glittery right so like they I don't, mean, they, go ahead. that would kind of be the mushroom kingdom underground you know <laughs> so. yeah 
which is, I think, a really cool idea. You know, we can kind of even tie that in, you know, maybe and maybe they can there can even be some mention of like, hey, you know, we live down here in like the mushroom caves and like we understand the power of the mushrooms and, you know, the powers of like the, you know, oh, this is the fire plant and whatever, you know. Right, and, right. Like, you know, all of our people, you know, they're like they're like fucking superheroes because they've they they live off the land. You know, they're like the the natives who understand like what plants can do. And, you know, they could even make some maybe. Daisy can even make some offhand comment about like, oh, my dad spent so many years as a as a fungus. I never want to see a mushroom ever again. And she's like, no, you don't understand. You know, like the power of the mushroom and like the mushrooms are are everywhere. Like there's they're interconnected through throughout the ground. They talk to every plant. And and then Luigi's like, yeah, you know, everywhere we went, it was like the mushrooms were helping us, giving us bombs and stuff. You know. Yep. And, and it was like, yeah, the king was sort of tapped into that. So I think this is a really cool idea. So of course, the next step is we have to have Wart actually. Like, does he do, like, an offensive against the city, and then now, like, Peach and the Freedom Fighters are going to, like, you know, battle them from behind, or, like, what's, what's, where, what are we getting to? Like, I think we kind of know where we want to end up, but, like, what's, like, the, what's the big climax? I, I think, yeah, I think an attack on the city. I think what they, it should, they should do is, again, just, we're now pulling stuff from all the different Mario lore, so why don't, instead of, like, a giant airship, what if they have, like, you know, some kind of like boat looking vehicle driving up out of the <laughs> desert, like a Jawa nice. sand crawler, you nice. know, with fucking bullet, bu- bullet bill cannons all over it. And they just start bombarding the city walls, nice. you know, so it's like now you got uh, the Mushroom King and, and the dinosaur people trying to fight back with their little napalm cannons and their, their little bombs, you know, and then you have Princess Peach and her like desert people you know, like coming up out of the cave systems to fight, uh, to fight Wart and his men from behind. So now, you, like Wart and his men are fighting on two fronts. Uh, but maybe they were winning, like they were pushing their way into the city when you know Peach and and her people, you know, come up and start fighting. So we definitely can have we can have the final battle be on the ship because you know how many boat <laughs> right. battles did we have in the games? So I think that would be kind of fun to have like almost like a pirate moment with Mario, Luigi, Peach, and Daisy like all fighting Wart and his henchmen of mm-hmm. like Triclide, Mauser, and um, and Birdo. I think that would be a really fun. Uh, final battle. Yeah, I think so too. So I, I agree. I think that there needs to be uh, back up a little bit where we have war, like has his offensive against the city. I think you're totally right. Like we have these like big giant hatches opened up in the desert, like all around the city, like in a totally surrounding the city of Dino Manhattan. And it's like, here comes this whole like armada of like sand ships, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> like small ones. And of course, Wart has like the biggest one. And I'm, I'm picturing like, what's that dude's name? Like he was Immortan Joe from like uh, Fury Road had that weird yep. like mask on. I'm picturing Toad like that, but it's like there's water in the mask, you know, because he's like an amphibian, you know? Yeah. Uh, he, yeah. Like, lives, he like lives in the desert. He's got to keep hydrated. Anyway, uh, so yeah, he's, he has the biggest, like nastiest, ugliest, you know, uh, uh, shit. But we see all kinds of other ones. There, there even has to be some where it's like a bunch of different platforms, like barely held together. <laughs> like those yes. weird, stupid jumping airship <laughs> ones, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, but like they, we do that. They, they have the offensive on the city and like all the like, you know, Peach and her. Basically, they're kind of almost like Native American, you know, like or like Aboriginal warriors, like jumping out of the caves to fight. But Wart's mm-hmm. got to get into the city they break down the city because the king isn't prepared the king wasn't taking it seriously right so right uh, they break down the defenses but what if prior to this while they were down in the cave system like what if Pr- princess daisy she sends toad back to the city like you gotta go warn my dad you know go back and tell him what's really happening like you know like, like we get him to send some help you know for for peach and the crew so toad takes off we kind of forget about him for a minute so after the offensive on the city we find out like as they're 
these warts road warrior forces are pouring in i think it'd be funny to have a cool couple of little cameos of like you know they pour in the city they run into this nightclub called like the ghost house or something you know mm. um and maybe there's like another place where it, it, it's like it's like the front of the building has like this neon like castle on it you know like those weird like you know <laughs> yeah. like little mini boss castle it's just things like just fun little things like that like the city has all these like little set pieces but then like as the city's being overrun the king is like we have to go into hiding you know then we see toad like come out of like an alleyway with like a whole crew of dudes with like big Bertha. And like, he took a hint from peach and he went back to the city and he went back into those like bad neighborhoods. And he was just like, no, like, you know, fuck this wart guy. Like, you, you know, you guys think he's all that shit, but look, he's, you know, he's literally like, you know, barbarian at the gates. And like, they're like, no, fuck no, this is our city. You know, we don't care about Koopa. We don't care about wart. This is where we live. And so toad toad, be, you know, he like riles up like a, like a big riotous mass of people to, who want to protect their home. Right. Just to kind of, hold the nice. warriors off a little bit and like you know give peach a chance you know <laughs> <laughs> the wart warriors i like that <laughs> and give peach a chance instead of peace a chance nice totally unplanned um yeah so then we have again yeah so i totally agree then we have to have Daisy, Mario, and Luigi, and they have to, like, invade the airship, right? Or maybe Luigi goes to the city and hooks up a toad, and so they're fighting, like, at literally on the front lines, like, on both sides. Like, you know, Luigi's outside or on the walls, and toad's, like, in the alleyways in the city. And then we get um, Peach or Daisy and Mario, who are all on, like, warts, like, airship-looking, like, master boat thing. I kind of, I kind of think I like the idea of splitting up the group. So let's have, let's have Daisy with Luigi because there was clearly like the love interest in the in the first movie. So Daisy, True. Luigi, and Toad go back to the city and like Toad gathers up the people while while uh, Luigi and and uh, Daisy go to her father to try to like convince him like you know they're coming they're at the gates like that type oh, of yeah. thing and Perfect. you know maybe maybe he's like he doesn't want to accept that this is happening again like first koopa now wart you know so he's being like he's doing the the thing we see in in so many movies with a king <laughs> like freaking gondor you know Lord of the, like dragging their feet like no i don't want to i don't want to acknowledge that this is happening so toad is gathering the people you know so he's got the the whole people's army down there like fighting against the 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 the, the warts would you call it warts warriors or... yeah wart warriors the wart yeah. warriors <laughs> yeah have them breaking into the city like warriors a... exactly <laughs> so they're fighting and now you have peach and mario like board the boat and like fight their way through because I, I like the idea of having Peach be like this Furiosa style, like badass, just whooping ass left and, and Mario's oh, yeah. kind of like following her the way Mad Max <laughs> in, in, in Fury Road. Like, yes, yeah. oh, I guess I'm going along for the ride. Um, so, yeah, so we have them like whooping ass across the ship and then we got to have the the fight between like, you know, maybe it's like uh, Triclide, Mauser and Birdo all come out and like. Peach takes on Triclide and Mauser. Like, so she's fighting off two fronts and it's <laughs> Mario versus Birdo. <laughs> like, yeah. 
Oh, it would be funny if like Mario's trying everything. Like like he took the little mushroom like power up thing. He's feeling really good, and he has like the jump boots on. Whatever. Like he's trying everything, and Birdo is just like shaking off every attack. Like nothing is nothing's hurting Birdo. She's beating the, the shit out of him with a chain chomp. Can't quite get a grabbing on him, but like you know he's getting hit in the arm and getting wrapped up, right? And uh, and maybe uh, eventually he just like gets mad and just picks up a rock and fucking throws it at Birdo, and then yes clunks birdo in the head and it's like because oh, that's the thing that worked in the game right you just like throw like a block or something at birdo like nothing else worked <laughs> and it was like that'd be so funny if like nothing could kill birdo until he just gets pissed and throws a rock at them <laughs> <laughs> or even oh you know what it, okay remember on the airship levels you had those little bastards that would pop up with the wrenches and oh, God, the yeah. wrenches at you. And again, Mario's always talking about the tools in the first movie. So maybe like he clobbers one of those dudes and they're like kind of laying half like you know, like passed out on the deck of the ship with a wrench mm-hmm. in their hand. And he grabs the wrench and just hucks it at Birdo and it clonks Birdo in the head. And they nice. just like tip over like like boom, like the big. <laughs> yeah. And Mario gets his one liner of like, trust the tools. You know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Or the that's, right tool for the job. You know, yeah, perfect. Like <laughs> perfect. Yeah, that's perfect. Um, and yeah, I love this. So we we have to have like, uh, and maybe a couple of the other like lieutenant people from P- uh, Peach's crew are there, like the big green boot guy or whatever. But like they're kind of off on their own battles, and then we get it's down to just Peach and Mario, and they smash into like the captain's quarters where Wart's in there, and he's just a big toad dude he's a humanoid but he's like he needs to be he's like the kingpin you know what i mean but yeah. like and with this weird like water mask on and i don't want him to be like weak i want him to be like like he stands up and it's like whoa dude's like 12 feet tall <laughs> and right. they're like you know like he's like super intimidating he's freaking huge so like what is it that like toads would use or a wart what would a wart use as like an offensive weapon is it something from the game or something that like maybe the toad an animal would have you know like does he like burp at them or something i don't know <laughs> <laughs> i almost feel like you know like there there's the the various like poison dart frogs and there's all the like all the different uh, frogs that are poisonous in some way, shape or form. What if, what if we just played around with that idea? Like maybe he's got like these gauntlets around his, his hands where he's like firing off almost like, like a, like a green ooze that's like smoking. So we don't know what it is like poison, some kind of sludge, something, but he's, (laughs) he's shooting like a weird liquid at them. That's like burning holes in the ship. Like, oh yeah, that'd be awesome. The gloves they should look like the power gloves. <laughs> yes, yes, of course they should. That's exactly what they are. Yeah, yeah, but They're just but, painted but with, power gloves. Yeah, power gloves, but yeah, just like they had those weird like blasters in the first movie. They were painted to look like you know they guns or whatever. Scopes. Yeah, that's what it was. I couldn't think of what they were called. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yep. So he's got these power gloves, but like with like tubes connected to the side of them, and it, or maybe the tubes going into his back, and he has these big giant nasty boils and shit yeah. all over his back, and he's literally like. Like shooting his own like acidic juices at them. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's awesome. And and it totally fits the the aesthetic of like the way the Goombas and the the Koopas looked, where they were just like these weird hulking, you know, monstrosities. Like it, it, Wart fits that bill for this movie. This big oh, yeah. hulking dude with but like the big boils on him. Like yeah, I I love that. Oh, um, dude. Dude, I know how to kill Wart. Okay, go for it. Okay, you said it earlier at one point, and it was like, yeah, they never did that, right? So 
just just came to me when I had this vision of like this big like toad dude with these big giant nasty like neon green like boils and bubbles all over his back <laughs> full of like nasty shit and all I want to do is just like pop a pimple right and right. that's that's what just made me think so Mario and Peach had these like power up mushrooms right and so maybe you know Peach has been saving like one like she's like okay now it's time like this is like you know the this is the big one right this is the the, the power mushroom or whatever they're called and Mario takes it and he just fucking hulks out just you know he gets huge and big and tall and rips out of his like overalls and he's like now he's super mario right yes <laughs> and he just he, and he just does a, a straight on like at the end of the fight after they've you know they've they've gone down and gotten back up and gotten the upper hand and lost the upper hand now it's like the final thing and it's like the last ditch effort you know peach is like you gotta be you gotta do it mario take this and mario takes the mushroom freaks out and in this like you know berserker hulk rage he just runs and jumps in the air and just comes down with a two-footed stomp right on yes! the fucking warts back and Pops all those fucking pimples, and he just like melts himself in like a big pile of like acidic goo. Dude, that's <laughs> awesome on so many levels. Because number one, <laughs> it's like, yeah, I mean, just the visual alone is badass. But the, the number one, obviously, Jump Man, he's you know, stomp, stomps yeah. on everything, like it, it's perfect. But number two, the villain of the first movie goes down in a giant pile of green goo. So we have the second movie, a villain melting down into a giant pile <laughs> of green goo. Like, yeah. That's fucking awesome. Oh, dude, I love it. Because I, I, you, you kept saying how, like, oh, they never, like, jumped at anybody. And it's like, yeah, that's perfect, right? Like, <laughs> we, we got to have Mario jump on somebody and squish him oh, to death. I love it. Like, I love it. <laughs> oh, it's so, so good. Yeah. So, okay. So th that's obviously how Wart is going to get taken out. Um, and then, like, back in the city, we could have, like, you know, Luigi, Daisy, and the Freedom Fighters, or Toad and the Freedom Fighters, um, like, fight off, like, Triclide and Mauser. Maybe Mauser gets away. Like, let's have have somebody escape to, to make 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 you question, like, is there going to be a part three? Because, you know, again, it's that time frame. We would have to have a hook for a third movie. So we have like, you know, the one villain escape, you know, maybe uh, you know, Triclide gets the crap beat out of him. And I think it would be funny to have like the third eye spinning around like, <laughs> you know, that type of thing. That's um, awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> so we, we have them like beat down, you know, the city, like parts of it are in ruin. And maybe we end the film with like, you know, seeing like how destro like destroyed the city was from this invasion. Maybe uh, Daisy Peach or Daisy and Peach are able to convince the king like you need to open the walls. You need to allow the other the other peoples of this kingdom access to the resources that we have. Like we have to become one united, like one united front rather than this walled off city, you know, against the other peoples of the world. So it's, it's kind of like we, we bring the various kingdoms of the mushroom kingdom together. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. It'd be perfect. You know, the, the King sees the error of his ways and makes a proclamation, you know, that like from now on, you know, there'll be no more, you know, oppression and, you know, all are welcome in, you know, Dino Hatton or whatever. He makes them, he changes the name to something else, whatever, you know, all are welcome here. And, right. um, and yeah, and that, that'd be awesome. So, you know, there's cheering throughout the whole city. They won. And then, we're, then, you know, we, we cut forward, you know, a little bit, a couple hours or whatever. We have a little denouement where now we see, 
out, you know, out in the desert, we see Daisy and Luigi go back out to the desert to like meet up with, you know, Peach and Mario who are like, you know, rounding up the, the last of like Wart's band and trying to figure out, figure out what they're going to do with them. And, you know, there, there's this whole sequence with Daisy where she's like, you know, you know, like, you know, my dad said that you guys could all come to the city. You can come live with us. Like, let's go. And then of course, you know, Peach would be like, no, like my place is here in the desert in Sarasaland with my people. And like now with, with the, the tyranny of work gone, you know, to hold us back. Like now we can build up our society here. We can make Sarasaland, you know, the, the oasis, the beauty that it should be, you know, to, to the beauty of the land, you know, because right. that's, that's who we are or whatever. And so we find out that, so she's going to rule like the mushroom kingdom. And then like, you know, Daisy and her dad will rule like, you know, the dino kingdom or whatever, you know? And it's like, yeah. I think that's, that's pretty perfect in the end. And so that that's kind of how we'll leave things. Well, and we could we could have even like, you know, uh, you know, maybe like a little epilogue thing where we see like some years later and we see the two different, at least in specific, the two kingdoms that we know of in the film of Sarasaland and Dino Hatton. We could have like the airships floating back and forth between the cities and like yeah. show that everything is like, you know, everything's good right now. We could cut to like, say, let's say it is Mauser who escaped cut to him and maybe a young dinosaur looking character um, and have him talk about being Bowser Jr. You know, oh, like, nice. Like, yeah. So it's like maybe like a teenager who looks like really fucking pissed. Right. And it's it's like the next in the Koopa lineage. Yeah. Well, that'd be perfect. Yeah. Mauser, maybe Mauser goes, like I said, he goes back and he's got this, you know, little hideout somewhere and he's like, you know, he's bringing back the news. Like he was secretly like a triple agent, like the whole time. And maybe he calls this guy Bowser, you know, and then because it's the movie universe, like they never called Koopa Bowser. Like, so this guy, this, this guy's Bowser. And then, you know, and, and he's like, you know, we find out that he's like, you know, like they may have taken down, you know, my dad, the Koopa, but, you know, I'll have my day. And maybe he pulls out a picture and it's a picture of like, you know, wh- whichever princess he's going to kidnap. Like he's like the one that he's the most the most obsessed with. And he's like, you know, like, oh, yes, you will be mine. You know, because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Yes. laughs> yeah. I mean, again, it, it's a video game movie in the 90s. They have to put the hook there. There's got to be something. So even if you never get a third one, you have to have the setup for it. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, Cooper's got to have a long last kid. And Bowser is such a great name for the, like the junior, anyway. You know, right. it's like it's perfect. You know, and <laughs> now it's like, oh shit, he's gonna steal the princess, and Mario's gonna have to come back and rescue them. And yeah, I think that 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 all is pretty awesome. And you know, it never really mentioned it too, but I think it'd be kind of fun if I forget what Mario's uh, girlfriend from Brooklyn was, what her name was in the first movie. But I don't necessarily know that we need to see her in this movie except at the very beginning. But I think it'd be cool if like you know Mario kind of has like a crush on Peach the whole time, but he's mm. trying to like, but he's trying to like shake it off he's like no no like i've got a girlfriend back at home maybe luigi's reminding him they're like hey you're supposed to be like the 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 wise older brother what are you doing you know like right you know like uh you know keep your eyes to yourself or whatever and nothing really ever comes of it but it's just one of those things that can add like a little bit of extra like some character moments a little bit of tension oh absolutely yeah yeah and i mean because that's that's also the whole thing in, in the video games is like you know, are are they an item? Are they not an item? Like, you know, that that's gone back and forth so many times in the in the various iterations of the game. 
But um, yeah, no, I, this, this was fun. This was not at all <laughs> what I was expecting because like I said, we, we set out to redo the first film. Uh, so this, this was an interesting little experiment. <laughs> yeah. A hundred percent agree. In fact, I'm way more excited about this idea than I would have been with anything with the first movie, because as much as it's fun to kind of, improve you know improv improve a movie that exists and say yeah that sucks let's do it better like we did with critters and like that was a ton of fun yeah but like i really like it more when we get to play in the sandbox and make up our own story because this is this is the kind of thing where it's like fuck man i wish this existed like i totally want to watch this movie now like (laughs) this would be a shitload of fun and i don't know why i'm picturing kathy ireland cast as princess or as peach in the desert but for some reason i totally am i don't know why i mean in the 90s (laughs) in the 90s yeah kathy ireland this movie would have come out in like 19 95 and like i remember seeing her in like unnecessary roughness and like she was like a she was like hot but also like a badass i think that she would be a good casting for peach like the the desert princess so to speak i've never even seen this movie but raquel welch from one million years bc is what i'm envisioning so if you just like google that real quick it's the poster that andy dufresne had on his wall at the end of his stay in shawshank redemption like the last poster that covered like his escape hole with like uh raquel welch in this like brown ripped up like uh you know like desert barbarian gear like that's peach to me in my head but like with kathy ireland instead of her Yep, nope, I know exactly the one you're talking about. <laughs> uh, just yep. mashing all the mashing all the pop culture together. Okay. No, that that's that's cool though. Like there's there's just I don't know. I can't say enough good about the weird post-apocalyptic feel of the original Mario Brothers movie. Like it's such a unique idea for for Mario brothers. Like, it's so weird that they went in that direction, but like everything from like the way everything is all spiky to like the fact that the cars seem to work like bumper cars. Like there's just strange shit that is a lot of fun and creates like a, a very unique, like world language for the, the, the story to take place in. Um, it's something I haven't really seen in many other films. Like the look of this film is totally unique to itself. Yeah, I agree. And like I said, I mentioned things like, like Blade Runner, which I think is probably the closest example of like, it's not really post-apocalyptic. It's not really dystopian. It's just kind of like, the future is advanced, but like not as good as we think it should be. Like it's kind of, yeah. you know, it's kind of degraded in some way. Again, I'm kind of like Robocop. Like they have all this amazing technology, yet like society is so fucked up, you know? Right. And, and that's kind of, and this is like a kid's version of that. Where like they have all this amazing technology, yet everything just seems so seedy and slimy. And, you know, it's like, yeah. a, it's just like, it's all like a ghetto and it's all like, like they all live in a slum, you know? Like we don't ever see any like nice neighborhoods, you know? It's like, those those stereotypes of like New York City before like they cleaned up Times Square, you know, where everything is just so dangerous and dirty, but it was also like you know the greatest city in the world. Well, they they even make that joke because uh, where where Luigi says something about like what was it like the Lower East Side or something? He's like I haven't yeah. been there in a while, and he's like must have been a bad couple of weeks, you know, like yeah, exactly. they're even making fun of that. But um, no, there 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 are some moments too that are kind of shocking to be in the original Mario brothers movie. Like the fact that we have a group of punks try to steal a woman's baby, like granted it's, it's an egg. And like, that's the joke where she's like, stay away from my baby. But it's like, 
she's got like part reptile and part human face. So like, she's not fully evolved. Like there was a lot of weird shit like that. That's kind of almost creepy um, mm-hmm. in this, in the original movie. And I also, can we, can we take a moment to acknowledge that the Mario in this film, not only <laughs> kind of plays around with the idea that he likes it a little rough, <laughs> but he seduces <laughs> a very large woman and like bites a necklace out of her cleavage. <laughs> like <laughs> this right. happens in the film. <laughs> in a kid's movie. It's a kid's movie. <laughs> I love it. And I, I also kind of feel bad for Bertha because like after he escapes with the necklace, like the music kind of like plays down and she looks so heartbroken. Like she wanted that little man. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Right. She helped him escape and everything. Like, Right. Come on, Mario, you're two time in her. What? But that's exactly what I was thinking of when I thought he'd be crushing on Peach in this like sequel. Not only because of the relationship from the games, and I kind of wanted to represent that in some way, but yeah, for that exact same reason. Like he's very loyal to his girlfriend, obviously, but he had no problem being like, "Hey, Big Bertha, baby, how you doing? You know? <laughs> let, let me turn on the Mario charm." <laughs> Oh man, well, <laughs> this is so strange when we have episodes like this where you know we get on and how many times it's become a cliche now where we get on and we're like I'm so unprepared I don't know what we're gonna do and right. it's like we just keep ramping up the unpreparedness like to to the point <laughs> where like one of these days we're just gonna be like yeah I only watched half the movie let's go you know like <laughs> <laughs> exactly <laughs> I mean it it is kind of funny because it, you know as we've mentioned multiple times on this show. We don't do really any prep work other than watching the films and maybe like making a handful of notes where it's like, oh, we could do this. We could do that. But again, because of the nature of the story, because we don't know what the other one is going to bring to the table, we have to be prepared to play off of each other's ideas. So, you know, it's always a level of unpreparedness. But then there are ones like this, like where we literally came to the table with a completely different idea. And seconds before we recorded, we're like, we're going to do this instead. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. And like, you know, before we hit record and we were like, okay, we're going to do a sequel. And then we literally were both like, okay, so we could do Super Mario Brothers 2. We could do like a direct sequel. We could do, you know, like just make up some, you know, it was all these sort of like, these are the things that we could do. And in the time it takes me to get through like the little intro to the show where we introduce ourselves. And when I start talking, you got to figure it out because here we go. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. And I mean, and that's what makes the show so much fun to record is not knowing what the hell we're going to do ahead of time. And hopefully it makes it very fun to listen to. I, you know, I enjoy listening to it. Yeah, but, me uh, too. I, 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 really, I actually really like editing this show because it gives me a chance to listen to it again. Because I don't normally edit it right away. I usually wait like a couple of days or longer just to like take a break from it because it's like kind yeah. of exhaust, it's kind of exhausting, you know? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> that That's the other thing is like we, we mentioned this on uh, the Patreon on the Boogeyman's Closet. Um, just the, the creative process in general, I think sometimes people don't realize how exhausting it can be to like give mental birth in this regard. Right. That's a really good metaphor. Yeah. And I mentioned on that, on that Patreon episode, you talked about kind of a behind the scenes, like expose, and I don't know how much I've said it here, but like, Almost every single time we finish improving and we get into like, okay, let's talk about the social medias and like get out of here. Like I fuck it up so many times. <laughs> like, like 
you know, I know I stutter and um and awe and you know kind of make mistakes or backpedal, but like that's all part of just having a conversation. But like I'm literally reading my pre-scripted blurb about social media and I literally fuck it up every single time and I have to stop and redo it and then edit it out because I'm so tired after yep. like you know almost two hours of talking about some property that it's like my brain just stops working and I can't even read anymore. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Hundred <laughs> percent. Oh <laughs> man, funny. So that is our segue to go into our social media uh, outro here. So yes, thank you for listening to this episode. Those of you out there listening, please leave us a comment, some feedback, get a hold of us, let us know what you think. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. And you can check us out at Raised by Rentals on all the social medias or at RaisedByRentals.com. You can visit uh, some of our friends at Red Pantheon, RedPantheon.com as well to check out some like-minded podcasters artists musicians photographers you name it rad pantheon is a collective of creative friends supporting each other and helping to spread the word about rad stuff so if you like this show there's a good chance to dig one or maybe all of the other rad pantheon teammate projects one thing i do is comics boost on instagram and twitter where i spotlight crowdfund campaigns for new comic book projects just spell comics with an x in comics boost and check out some of the awesome independent self-published comics i like to talk about on there what about you mike what are you into uh well we i do the uh, boogeyman's closet as well as count Creepyhead's saturday morning monster mash uh both are weekly podcasts uh the boogeyman's closet is all about horror movies while count Creepyhead is all about toys and pop culture Again, thanks for everyone for tuning in. If you had fun with us, drop us a line, like I said. And with that, I'm Josh. I'm Mike. And we have to return some videotapes. Raised by Rentals is a member of the Rad Pantheon Network. Visit radpantheon.com to support Rad Stuff. The theme music is Forbidden Fruit by Velvet Bethany. You can purchase music and learn more at velvetbethany.com. Velvet Bethany.